If you got your Bibles or your tablets or your phones or whatever you're using, uh, turn to Joshua chapter 24. We're not going to start reading just yet. Joshua chapter 24, starting at verse 1. We're not going to read just yet, um, but hold it there. Today's message notes are on the YouVersion Bible app. If you have that on your phone, you can pull that up and follow along with us. All the scriptures and sermon notes should be there for you today to help you walk through what we're going to get through. But Joshua, um, Joshua was a cool guy. Joshua was a cool guy. He served with Moses, bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. Um, he was very instrumental in getting God's people to where they needed to be. Uh, but Joshua, as we get into chapter 24, he's not the young guy that he used to be. I know none of y'all can relate to that in here this morning. He's not, as, he's not as young as he used to be. And he's getting to the point in life where he knows he's in his twilight years and he's thinking about his legacy probably. And he's at this point in life where he's fixing to cash out and go to be with God. And he's a guy that's fought some battles. He's a guy that's ran his race. And he's a guy that because of the experiences that he's had in his life has got incredible perspective. You know, it's experience in life that creates perspective. Experience is powerful because if going through something, going through something gives you experience and teaches you lessons from life. Amen? And Joshua had walked through that. You know, it's the experiences that create the perspective on how powerful God can be in our lives. Um, you have to go through things sometimes for you to be able to see God demonstrate his power and his faithfulness in your life. And Joshua had seen all of that through his life. Uh, you know, if you think about it, you can never see God be a provider in your life if you never hit a season where you need provision. You know, um, how can God show himself to be a healer in your life if you never go through a time where you need healing in your body? You know, uh, he's a God that restores, but you don't get to experience that unless you go through a season where you need restoration or you need encouragement. You know, he's a God that can do the impossible. He's a God that can move mountains, but you don't get to know him that way until you're in a situation where you're looking at something impossible and having to depend on him to show himself faithful to move the mountain in your life. So it's the experiences that we go through that provide the opportunity for God to show himself faithful. And I'm not saying that God orchestrates those experiences so he can show off, but when we go through those times, he's faithful to be there to provide the solution for every situation that we face in our lives. And Joshua is a guy that had seen a lot of that. And I want to talk about Joshua for just a little bit before we get to the celebration part because what's happening here in this passage of, of Scripture that we're going to be reading is really powerful. He's a guy that um, would have been born in Egypt. He would have been born a slave in Egypt. His mom and daddy would have been slaves. His grandparents would have been slaves. His great-grandparents, they all would have been slaves. Israelites were subjected to slavery to Egypt, and he would have grown up in that. He's a guy that would have seen uh, Moses show up and start talking about delivering the people out of there. He would have seen the plagues that God hit Egypt with. That had to be crazy. Can you imagine waking up one day and there would just be frogs everywhere? Just croaking and croaking and doing their thing. It's just crazy to experience all that stuff. He would have seen all of that. He would have been able to have walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. When God split the waters. He would have seen the Egyptian army destroyed. He would have seen all of that. And he would have seen the, the fire by night. He would have seen the clouds by day. He would have had the experience of seeing God provide the water and the manna. He would have had the experience of, of all of that stuff that would have created a perspective in his life on how God could be faithful and God could be trusted and God could always come through when he's needed. But he would have also experienced some incredible frustration too. Because he was one of the original spies that went out to the promised land. And came back with a good report. But the rest of them didn't. And because of the disobedience of Israel and their lack of faith. Joshua had to wait for a whole generation to die out. Before he could walk into the land that God had promised him. Anybody in here this morning, you've ever had to pay the price because of somebody else's disobedience? 
you've ever had to just pay the tab on something stupid that somebody else did. Boy, that's not fun, is it? That's not fun. That makes you want to pray for people. Just pray for people and love on people. But he had to, he had to sit in what had to be incredible frustration waiting for that generation to die off. You know? And I think that in part, and I'm taking a little bit of poetic license here because the Bible is not 100% accurate or like descriptive on, on Joshua's motivation here, but I got to think that all of the perspective given by all of those experiences and even the frustration that he felt having to wait for his time to walk into the promised land motivated him to pull together the people of Israel for one last conversation. Because I think that that frustration that he experienced because of the waiting taught him a lesson that he wanted to give to the people that he was leading now. And I think his motivation would have probably been, don't know for sure, but it could have been, that I don't want to see you guys have to go through what I had to go through. I don't want you guys to have to miss out on the opportunity ahead of you because of losing focus and because of jarring off course. Because Israel had entered into the promised land at this time. And they had overcome a whole lot of territories. They had fought some battles. Yeah, they got gangster and they killed some people. They overtook the land. But there was still some territory to be taken. And they had a time of peace and they were starting to get a little comfortable. And they were starting to get a little bit complacent. And they were starting to entertain the worship of different idols. And Joshua was seeing this happen. And so before he knew his time was up, he called them all together for one last challenge here in Joshua 24 to give them some perspective on life. Because you've got to remember the past. You've got to celebrate the present and use that to prepare you for the future. In Joshua 24 Verse 1, it says, Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, the leaders, and the judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. And I'm not going to read you everything that Joshua says, but he goes way back in time and begins to remind them of the faithfulness of God. And he reminds them, that God had brought them out of Egypt. He reminds them of the provision that God had given. And he begins to remind them of the victories that God had given them in battle and, and overtaking the land that they were, they were in now. He begins to remind them of all the goodness of God. And to me, Joshua sharing this stuff to them to remind them of the goodness of God so that they would not stray off into crazy territory and worship other gods is, is awesome to see him take a stand like this. But it's not just so much what he said, but it's where he's saying what he's saying that's significant to me when I read this. In Genesis chapter 12, I want to read you an account. Genesis 12, starting at verse 6. Now we're talking about Abraham. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Joshua. It says, Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. Well, that's the same place Joshua gathered together the people of Israel in Joshua 24. So he was at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said... To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Joshua gathers the people of Israel together in Shechem. The place where God made his promise to Abram in the beginning. And said, your descendants, your people are going to inhabit this land. Joshua brings them to the place of the promise. 
just to remind them that they are standing and living and breathing in the fulfillment of that promise that was made hundreds of years ago. Can you imagine how powerful this moment would have been to, to be standing at the place? He says, guys, remember? Remember remember when, when God made this promise to Abram? Now we're standing in the place that he made the promise. And we are seeing the fulfillment of the promise. We are occupying the land that God said we could have. So he's reminding them of the faithfulness of God. Standing in the place of the fulfillment of the promise of God. And then he looks every one of them in the eyes and he drops this challenge. Later on in Joshua 24, he says this. Because these people were getting complacent and these people were starting to drift off and worship false gods. And Joshua says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your, your, the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He reminds them of the faithfulness of God in the place where the promise was made, standing in the fulfillment of that promise. And then he says, guys, pay attention. I want you to listen to me. In light of everything that we've seen, in light of everything that God has done, and the promises that he has fulfilled, and that we're standing in the midst of those, those fulfillment of that word now, in, in light of all of that, listen, you guys can choose to go ahead and worship those other gods, and you guys can go ahead and do what you want to do. You guys can chase after all that stuff if you want to, but I've seen something in the past that's given me a perspective of the God that I serve, and you can choose today who you're going to serve, but I am going to serve the Lord. My house is going to serve the Lord because I've seen him be faithful. I've seen the victories. I've seen the provision. I've seen him move time after time after time and open the doors and prepare the way and mow down our enemies in front of us. You can serve whoever you want to, but I am going to serve the God that's always been faithful to me. What a challenge that he's dropping on these people. But he's giving them a full 360-degree view of the faithfulness of God. Because he's saying, guys, don't forget the promise that was made in the past. Don't forget what he's doing now. Because that's going to propel us into what needs to be done in the future. Because there is a lot of territory left to take. And guys, I'm here to tell you this morning. There's a lot of territory left for our church to take. That's right. That's right. There's a lot of victories out there that are waiting to be won. There's a lot of lives that are ready to be changed. There's a lot of families that need to be restored. There's a lot of students that need some Jesus. There's a county out there that is getting destroyed by drugs and depression. And we've got a message of hope. I believe that there's some battles out there that are yet to be fought by us and victories that are out there waiting to be had and testimonies that we haven't come to yet. But we can't get complacent with where we are because what's out there has to be done. Amen? So what I want to do for a few moments today is to give kind of a 360 view of our church and maybe even look at how it applies to our lives because it's kind of a vision Sunday for us and a celebration Sunday for us to, to just go crazy for what God has done. But when you think about it in our own lives, when we look back to the past, those victories help build the faith for the battles that we're facing today and celebrating what God does today gives us the hope and the vision for what lies ahead of us tomorrow so as we talk about this today I want us to remember some things because for us personally and for us as a church we can't forget the victories of the past we can't forget the victories of the past because the past has prepared us and made us who we are today. The joys and the pain, it's all worked together. It's all worked together to make us who we are today. And how we've chosen to respond to that has also made us who we are today. We can't forget the victories of the past. 
And I was, we were going through some old boxes this week at the, in the, the office back there, digging through and looking for some old paperwork and some files and stuff. And I came across this big folder that had a bunch of old pictures from the history of this church. And I thought I'd share some of them with you today. Because as a church, we can't forget our roots. We can't forget where we came from. And sometimes we can. Did you know that this church was started in 1954? 1954. Long, 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 long time ago. Um, go ahead and pull up some of these photos, guys. I want you all to see this. We forget sometimes that we're not the only ones that have met in this church. Keep on going. Old buildings became First Assembly of God. A lot of families have come through this church. A lot of ministries have been birthed out of this church. A lot of lives have been changed in years gone by by people that we're never going to see and that we may never know. And if I wasn't showing you some of their faces today, you never would have seen them. Aren't you glad we don't dress like that anymore? <laughs> different things for different generations, right? Different services like we're having today where the presence of God was there and the word of God was preached and lives were transformed and changed. And just generation after generation of people serving Serving and serving. And sometimes we can forget that what we're doing today is built on the foundation that people like this laid years and years and years ago. This is a picture of a list that has all of the pastors of the church from 1954 through to the present day. I don't know if you can read it from where you are. But I found that in a file and took a, a picture of it. So many of them. Some of them served a year, some of them nine years, some of them five years, some of them 20 years. And our previous pastor, Roland Yarbrough, and his wife Donna are on there from 1996 until a little over a year ago. My name's going to be on that list. But all of these guys carried the vision of this church and the purpose that God had for this church long before I was ever here and long before many of us were ever here. I don't know, was anybody around at this church in 1954? Probably not. Some of you probably had a shot at being there, um, but we're not going to point you out in service today. But, but what I'm saying is that there is a legacy here that's easy to forget. And if we don't take time to remember where we came from, we can forget that what we're doing is part of a bigger legacy. It's bigger than us. And I'll show you what I mean. Um, just for kicks and giggles, let's everyone stand up. Everyone stand up. I don't want you guys getting comfortable where you are. We come to church. You got to do some kind of aerobic activity anyway, right? So... Some of y'all were sitting down in worship, so I'm going to make you get your steps in now. All right? So we're all going to do jumping jacks on the count. Not really. Not really. Y'all got really scared there for a second. But I want to show you something. This won't take long, but I want to show you something. If you have, now listen to me carefully. If you have been coming to this church for five years or less, sit down. For five years or less, Sit down. Yep. So everyone who's still standing has been at this church for five years or longer. Okay? Now, that means y'all can stand, even though y'all come back recently. I see y'all. <laughs> you're back. You've been here for, forever and a day. Um, see, you guys that sat down, you might not understand the words glory hill when I say them to you. <laughs> Everybody else is laughing because this church shared a building with another church uh, right at about five years ago, a little over five years ago, uh, before we moved into this facility. I think this is the fifth year we've been in this facility, going on the sixth year now. Um, 
So you would have missed that time where we shared a sanctuary. You would have missed that time where we had church in the afternoon. Y'all remember that? Boy, that wasn't fun, was it? That was not fun. It was cool if you liked to sleep in, I guess, you know. But you miss all of that. Um, if you've been a part of this church for 10 years or less, have a seat. There's a few people that have sat down. Because you see, if you've been coming to this church for 10 years or less, uh, you would have missed out on all of the struggles that we went through on Bright Star Road. You would have missed out on, on, on the battles that we fought, on the victories that we had there, you know, on uh, the great things that we saw God do. And you would have missed out on that transition where our church went portable and had to go to Glory Hill eventually. Um, praise God for another church, though, that opens its door to a church. That's the way the body of Christ ought to operate. You know what I mean? But you see, we've got different generations of experiences in ministry here at this church. If you've been coming to this church for, let's draw the line at 15 years. 15 years or less, have a seat. Now, I want you to look at these people that are standing. Because these people that are standing have seen all of this stuff and some that I'm talking about today. And I want to use this as an example because I want you to hear me, okay? Because the people that are here now, we owe a huge debt of gratitude to the people of this church that have been here for 10 years or longer. Don't let me finish. Let me finish now for 10 years or longer because we would not be here if it wasn't for their sacrificial giving. We wouldn't be here if they hadn't done the work and put in the time. We wouldn't be, statistically, this church should not exist. But we're here because of the faithfulness of those people that filled in the gap and refused to quit in the face of adversity to keep this church going on. And these people have been here for 15 years or longer. These people. Everything that this church is doing, we are doing because of the foundation of ministry that these people have laid. The sacrifices that they've made. Now I want to show you something that might blow your mind. If you've been a part of this church, let's say 17 years or more, stay standing, everyone else take a seat. Eighteen years. My wife had to sit down there. <laughs> yeah, I think this is eighteen for you. Is this nineteen for me that we're running into? That's insane. I don't even want to think about that. Um, nineteen years. Twenty years. We finally got rid of the Varneys. <laughs> finally. Twenty years plus of ministry and serving, and giving, and praying, and fasting, and making things happen in this church. Guys, we owe gratitude to these warriors that have gone way before us, preparing the way for what we're doing today. Amen? Can we give God praise for that? Everyone else, you can be seated. See, we, we can't forget the past. We can't forget the past as our church. We can't forget the, the, the battles and the victories and, and, and the sacrifices that have been made. Because as soon as we forget where we've come from, we lose our ground and we forget why we're doing what we're doing. We forget all of the sacrifice and the price that was paid for us to be here doing what we're doing today. So we can't forget the victories of the past. But you can't live in the past either. You can't live in the past either. Because great were the days of old and awesome was the stuff that we saw God do. But we can't live in those days because it's a new day. It's a new day full of new opportunities. There's new ground to be taken. And if you try to live in the past and you try to stretch to the future, it's not long before it becomes incredibly awkward. 
You get what I'm saying? That's all I got. I can't give you no more. That's it. That's all I can give you right there. Might go a little bit further, but I might have to sit down the rest of the service, or we're not going to go there. we got to cross over, remember where we've come from, but focus on what God's doing now and look towards the future. Amen? So we can't forget the victories of the past, but at the same time, we need to celebrate what God is doing now. We need to celebrate what God is doing now in our life. Because it's easy to get caught up in what's happening and we forget to look around and see how awesome God is and what he's doing. And so what I want to do for the next few minutes is celebrate what God has done in our church this past year. Can we do that for a little bit this morning? we got a lot to celebrate. Now, when I celebrate, I want to throw out a definition of this, okay? Now, if we were at a football stadium and your team just scored a touchdown, you would go crazy, wouldn't you? Probably. You would at least go, yay, good job, yay. That might be crazy for you, you know. Uh, For some of you guys, look, when I say crazy, take what's crazy for you and maybe dial it down just a little bit because we don't need people screaming and running around here this morning. Somebody might get hurt, all right? But we do want to celebrate what God's been doing. You're getting my point, though. I want us to celebrate. I want us to go crazy. I'm going to throw some numbers at you. You're going to see some percentages here in a little bit. And it's not about numbers and it's not about percentages, but in a sense it is because every number has a name. And every name has a story. And every number is a victory of a life changed by the power of God this past year. And I want to celebrate. We're not bragging this morning. We're worshiping God for what he has chosen to be able to do in and through this church for the past year. All right? My, 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 my. I can't wait for this. Uh, first thing is just don't put it up on the screen yet. Don't put it up on the screen yet. All right. How many of you think it's important for people to make a decision for Jesus? You know what I'm talking about? When people cross over from death to life, from bondage to freedom, um, I want to show you a number of how many people this year have made decisions for Jesus out of the ministries of this church. And it's the highest number we've seen in probably the last four years in a ministry year here at the church. It's awesome to see what God is doing. Now, when I say decision for Jesus, I'm talking about First-time salvations where someone's making Jesus their Lord and Savior for the first time. And we count rededications, too. We count them, too, because anytime somebody decides to get serious for, for God and make a recommitment to Jesus, that's a, that's a change in their life. That's a change in their life, you know. So here's the number. Put this up on the screen. Look at this, guys. We saw 104 decisions for Jesus this year out of the ministries of this church. That is awesome. That is awesome. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. I love it, I love it. That's 104 black eyes we gave the devil. I love it, I love it, I love it. And I can't wait to stand up here next year and throw this number out to you. Because I can't wait to see how much more God is able to do in and through this church as we move forward to take new ground in this area. Amen? So here's another one I want to throw up to you. This is amazing because people weren't just getting saved uh, this past year, but from December... Of the previous year to the end of December this year, we saw some people get baptized. I want to show you this. We saw 26 people get baptized. That is awesome. You know why that's big? Because we hadn't seen people get baptized in over five or six years in this church. This past year, we had 26. That is amazing to me. We're going to show you some pictures because, listen, every number... Every number is a name. Every name has a story. That guy, Teddy, right there, I love what God did in his life. He's a guy that had gone through battles with depression and anxiety in his life, had gone through a whole lot of battles, had health issues for years. He decided to try to end his life. Multiple times, this guy attempted suicide. God got a hold of him and changed his life. This is him getting baptized in April in this church. He's back there serving on the media team today. Those are the stories that keep me going. That's what gets me up in the morning, to see God transform lives like that. And we saw, we saw other people get baptized this year, little kids. It was great. We just did this one at Christmas. I love it. We saw so many people's lives get changed this year. It was great. So we saw people get saved, and we saw people get baptized this year. This is one I'm really excited about, because between children's camps and youth camps 
and what's happened here um, in services, church, especially during the prayer times that we had towards the beginning of last year, we have seen seven people, seven people experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this church this year. That is awesome. Now, seven might not seem like much, but we sat down and we tried to remember when the last time we had this many in a year was, and we couldn't remember. You know what that tells me? God's Spirit is moving in this church, and people are moving forward in their relationship with Him. Now, these are some really cool numbers that I'm fixing to show you because we've seen people saved and baptized and people filled with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, if you got questions about what this even means, you might be here, and the phrase baptized in the Holy Spirit might as well be Greek to you. Hey, come, come talk to me after service, and uh, I'll walk you through what that is if you got any questions on that this morning. Here's, here's something else. We see, we see people get saved and, and God doing all this stuff because we were able to do a lot of cool outreaches this year. But we, we've seen, I'm excited about this. This year, we have seen a 20% increase in adherence to this church. A 20%. What is it? Adherent. That's a big word. That means we got 20% more people connected to this church after this year than we had before this year. That is awesome. You know what that means? That means our church is growing. People are staying. God is moving in their lives. That's amazing to me. I love to hear what God is doing. And these people attend. Uh, some of you guys are, are just on fire and you're here every week. You're newer to the church. Some of y'all are, are here uh, a couple of, once every couple of months. Some of them attend about once every three months or so. But they show up. But they're connected to the church. And eventually, I'm going to tell you a secret. If you show up about once every three months to the church, here's what's going to happen. God's going to start moving in your life. And you're going to get a little more passionate about him. And you're going to get a little more excited about him. And you're going to start coming maybe once a month. And then you're going to start coming every couple of weeks. And then God's going to rock your world. And you're going to just fall in love with him like you never have before and you're going to be here every week and you're going to get involved and you're going to help us impact this community i hate to do a spoiler but that's what's going to happen because once you get a taste of god i, mean, I just love what god does in people's lives and i can't wait to see those on the outer side of the loop get closer in i'm uh, speaking about people that that kind of came closer in to the vision of the church this year we didn't just see a lot more people began to attend the church, but we saw a 12% increase in church membership this year. That's exciting to me. That's worth praising God about because those are people who have said, we don't just think that this is an okay place to be. You know, we, we don't just think that this is you know, a fun place to attend. We love what's happening here, and we want to be a part of the vision. So these people signed up to become members, to contribute, to get involved in ministry teams, to be a part of helping us do what God's called us to do as a church in reaching this community. That is awesome. That is awesome. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and here's some of the things that the people that joined the church um, said to us. Um, when they came in, I would ask them, you know, what, what is it that makes you feel connected to this church, you know, initially? And they said, well, here's the big thing. When we walked through the doors the first time, we felt like family. We felt loved and we felt accepted. And that's big to me because we have put a big focus as a leadership team to treat everyone that comes through the doors of this church like they're a first-time guest and make them feel like they're family. And the people that are sticking with this church are telling us that we're doing a pretty good job at that. LifePoint Church, give yourself a hand because people are seeing the difference of Jesus in our lives. Um, they, they also said that they wanted to, to be a part of this church because they feel the presence and the power of God through the preaching and through the worship that happens here. And that's so humbling, and I'm so grateful to God for what he does in this church. Um, another thing that they said was they appreciate the way we have put a big focus on our children's ministry and our student ministry here at the church. We talk about it a lot because it's important to us as a church. That's the next generation. We need to equip and train and get these guys ready to make an impact on this world. So that's a big thing. And the last thing that they said that they appreciate how we have a focus on the community and on outreach. They like the fact that we're not content with just becoming a glorified social group that meets on Sundays, but that we're constantly talking about and trying to figure out ways to make an impact on our community around us. And that's the way it's supposed to work. I love it. So we saw we saw some increase this year. Um, we didn't just see increase in, in membership, though. 
we saw an increase in the number of people who give here at the church. That's a big one to me as a pastor because the Bible says, or Jesus even said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, you know. So you give to what's in your heart, um, not just with your money, but with your time and with your talent. We saw people, we saw more people become part of the giving base of this church this year. We saw an increase there. And I love that because we haven't seen that in years past. We saw that giving base grow. We did not see an increase, though, in total giving for the year. It stayed about the same, but we saw more people jump in to contribute. And this is what I know, that as that base continues to grow and people continue to get on board and catch the vision of what God is doing here at this church, this base is going to grow, that number is going to continue to go up, and we're going to be able to reach more of this community around us as it happens. Amen? That's what it's all about. You do realize that if we had a $10 million offering today, it wouldn't change my salary one penny. It wouldn't change the staff salary one penny. That's by faith because we really don't have a staff salary. We barely have a me salary here because we put a whole lot of money into ministry. And that's where that money would go. It would go towards reaching people for Jesus and taking the gospel to all creation because that's what the church is here for. So we saw a lot of stuff happen. Because we had more people giving, we were able to do a lot of cool outreaches this year. And I want to talk you through some. Are y'all, are y'all, are y'all still with me? Are y'all kind of excited about this? I, I could talk about this stuff all day. Uh, we were able to do some really cool outreaches. I'm not going to be able to show you everything that was done through the church, but I am going to highlight a few main things and talk about one personal story because we have a lot of personal stories um, from this church being able to minister to people one-on-one. So it's not all about big groups. Individual absolutely matters. So uh, the first outreach I want to talk to you about is one we did in spring last year, and it's the ultimate block party. The ultimate block party, we joined forces with Douglasville. They do this big block party every year. So we went out there with a small army. I think through the night we had pretty close to or a little over 20 people involved in serving for that event set up the whole deal, cleaning stuff up and, and all that jazz. It was awesome. Uh, show them some of these photos from the event. It was really cool. We got out there and, and just loved on people. We passed out balloons, and we had a, a little station set up where we could do like little wipe-on tattoos for the kids because we focused on the children at this outreach. So they, we let them you know, get these little wipe-on tattoos and superheroes and stuff like that. Um, not whiskey bottles, just superheroes, though. Superhero tattoos. Um, Got to say that because some of y'all will come talk to me after service. Um, so it was really awesome, though. All the kids got this little gift bag full of toys and, and little, little candy and stuff. And then we put an invitation card in every bag. And we put little invitation cards. When I say invitation cards, we've got your invited cards that are out there at the guest area. You can take them and use them to invite people to church with. And we got to talk to, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people from the community and, and love on their families. And we got to pray with so many people and invite so many people to church and just talk to people about God and, and get our face out there with the community. And it was just a really awesome time. And I'll tell you part of a story that I'm going to finish telling you next week. Um, one guy that works at a, like a, a publication he, uh, came over because he was out there taking pictures of the events. And he said, hey, man, I don't know what's going on over there at your booth. But I got to tell you, I just had to come tell you, there's, there's like a different attitude and spirit and atmosphere with you guys over there and it was really cool because it caught his attention and he says some stuff to me that I'm going to share to, with you next week that's going to be it, it's going to be exciting yeah I'm teasing you and I'd apologize but I want you to come back so I can, you can hear what I'm going to tell you <laughs> next week so I'm playing dirty pool a little bit but we didn't just do the block party though um, how many of y'all remember the big Back to school book bag giveaway that we did towards the end of the summer. It was so awesome. A lot of cool things happened with this. Um, go ahead and start scrolling through those photos if you would. We, uh, we thought we would promote it big and try to go bigger with it than we did the previous year. I think the previous year we ended up giving away 60s. My numbers might be wrong. 60 some odd bags, I think, um, through, through the, the outreach. Um, this year we gave away a whole lot more. We had cotton candy. 
there for the kids, and we had popcorn that we gave to the kids and the families that showed up, and we had uh, some, some tents set up out front, and we were doing grilled cheese and hot dogs and stuff like that for people when they came in, and we give away a junk load of balloons here at this church, so all the kids got balloons when they came in. It was really fun. We had a small army of, I think, over 20 people before it was all said and done helped serve at this event. We started advertising this thing on social media and connected it to our website so that we could do pre-registration for the event. And within 24 hours, we had to change our strategy because we had almost filled all of our registration spots within 24 hours of putting it up. That's amazing. When we started this event, or even before the event started, because it rained that day, and we really wanted to do bounce houses for the kids, but rain was in the forecast, so we decided not to do it. We moved the event from the outside to the inside. But these people, when they came from the community for this event, they started lining up at just before the door, the entry doors of our building. Okay, They went to the corner. They went all the way down the side of our building, and then the lines turned, and it started coming back up. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. We gave away. We gave away. I think it was 250. Good. 250 or right at 250 book bags full of school supplies. That's awesome. We were able to bless the community. We were able to pray for people in line and talk to people about Jesus because we had like live music going. So when they would come through here and get their supplies, there was a guy up here playing like Disney songs for the kids and then switching over to praise and worship stuff too, you know. So we were doing prayer requests and, and all this stuff. It was, it was just an awesome, awesome event. But you know what it showed me? That there's a big need in our community. There's a big need in our community, and I want this outreach this year to be even bigger than the one that we had last year. I want to see us reach, I mean, on a whole new level of thinking. I don't even want to go to 500. I want to find a way for our church to be able to reach like 1,000, 1,500, or 2,000 kids this year. We were able to do this because of the generosity of people that give to our church. Now listen now, if we can think on a bigger level, we can accomplish bigger things. Amen? So I believe that we can reach more people in our community this year. Instead of having to do it on campus, we may have to move to a park and set it up and reach the students there. That sounds good to me. That sounds really good to me. Um, it wasn't all about big outreaches though, uh, but another one that we did um, towards the end of this year, we got together with the pantry. The pantry is a local uh, food ministry here in Douglasville, and we partnered up with them for their big Thanksgiving meal giveaway that they do for the community. And it was awesome. Again, we took a small army over there. And it was weird because when we went, we went on a Friday in the morning when a lot of people are at work, and we had a junk load of people show up. And I don't know if we just have a lot of people that don't work here at the church or we, everybody had a Friday off or what the deal was. But, but people showed up in force to serve at this. And so we unloaded trucks. We moved boxes. We sorted food, packed bags, got you know meal boxes put together um, to be given away. We were just all over that place preparing food. And that next day, I want you to hear me on this. This is just amazing. Our partnership with the pantry the next day gave Thanksgiving meals to 400 families in the Douglas County area. Praise God for that. That's awesome. I love it. Um, it's not just about the big stuff, though. We were able to work with a lot of individuals also through the year. And I want to tell you one story. Uh, about a guy named Aaron. Go ahead and put this photo up. Aaron has a mom, and his mom has lupus, and all the health issues that come along with that. And uh, so she's not able to really do a lot of work to take care of herself. So Aaron works basically seven days a week to take care of himself and the kids that he has and his mama. Always working, always working, always working, always working. 
Aaron had just lost a son uh, at the beginning of last year. And he just had a tough year. We were, I think it was September, we were in the middle of the series that we had called Love All, Serve All. Y'all remember that? So I'm wearing the shirt this morning. We had t-shirts that went along with it, Love All, Serve All. And somebody came up to me and said, hey, I know this guy. Uh, They're going through a hard time. And I found out that they don't have hot water in their house. What are you talking about? Well, it was on gas, and the gas had to get cut off because they had this big propane tank, and they couldn't afford to have the propane tank refilled. And so they haven't been able to do anything with it. They did no money to refill it because it takes a lot of money to fill up one of those things, and they're just, they don't have it. Um, he said, since we're talking about loving and serving and doing stuff for people, why don't we figure out a way to get them hot water in their house? Because this had been going on for years. For years, these people had not had hot water in their home. In America, 2018, no hot water because they couldn't afford it. And they, and, and they didn't have the money to pay for the stuff. They didn't have the money to pay somebody with the skills to come in and do it. And, and he didn't have the knowledge to do it or the time to do it. So we said, okay, well, let's figure out what we can do. So we called a few people. And it wasn't even a day. Well, we raised the money to buy the water heater, the supplies needed to put it in, the piping that we needed to run it correctly, and all of the electrical supplies that we needed to convert the water heater over from gas to electric and run the line off of their power meter or off their breaker box to the, uh, to the, the water heater. And volunteers went out from the church, and we gave that woman and that family a new water heater and wired it for them, and we were able to say, God bless you, we love you, we did this, because God loves you too. It rocked their world. That's what a church is supposed to look like. And I could go all afternoon, story after story after story like this, because these weren't the only people that we as a church were able to help out. And every time I I, I send a message to Aaron or I, I call his mom to see how they're doing. It's just, oh my goodness, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? And they can't wait until they can get, so he can get scheduled to have a day off of work because he's literally working seven days a week without a break to take care of. He's, the first day he gets a day off of work, he's going to be here in church Amen. to worship with a church family that cared enough to serve a family that they didn't know anything about. That's how the gospel is supposed to look. Amen? So I love celebrating stuff like this. Um, but it's not just about what's happening now. And we're fixing to close because I don't want us to go too terribly long today. But isn't this exciting stuff? Can we, you know what, can we just take a second? Can we just take a second and everyone stand up and let's just give God praise for the stuff that we've talked about today before we go any further in the service. I just want to thank you, God. I want to thank you for what you've done in and through this church. Lord, we want to thank you for the provision so that we could do it. God, we give you all the glory and all the praise, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise, Lord. We give you all the praise. I'm not just celebrating what happened today. We, we've got to be able to look to the future with confidence because we serve a God of unlimited resources and potential. And it's important for us to have a 360-degree view of things. And remember where we've come from as a church and celebrate what God is doing amongst us now. But we can't lose sight of the potential of what stays in front of us for the future. God is calling us as a church to take new ground, to go out and make more disciples, to reach more people for Jesus, to have more of these stories to tell all to the glory of God. Amen? Now, if you would, let's all stand back up again. I know we're in church. Let's do some aerobics. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Up, down, up, down. Hey, at least we're not a Catholic church. You guys would have already blown a knee out by now with all the up-downs that you would have been doing. If you got a Catholic background, 
no aspersions to you. Please don't email me about that. But if you do, email Pastor Brad at churchlifepoint.com and Brad will get back to you as soon as he can. I'm so excited about what God has done. But Ephesians, this verse keeps coming up because this verse will not leave my spirit, guys. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. This is what I know. That whatever is out there for the future of this church, next week, next month, into this time next year, if we dream big dreams and if we set big goals, and listen, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about some of those goals. I know first two weeks of this series has kind of been to lay a foundation of faith and anticipation. Last week, we all stood up and said, we will stand and do our part. The ones that were here, we'll stand and we'll do our part. Our part is the body of believers. This year, I want us to pray, or not this year, but today, I want us to pray over the year to come with anticipation. Because as big as we can dream and as big as we can plan and as exciting as the things that we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks are, I know that we serve a God that's more than able to do that, but we serve a God who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Now, what I want to ask you as a church, do you have the kind of crazy faith to step out and to see God do something immeasurably more? than all we could ask or imagine. How many of you would say, I got that kind of faith? And if you don't, we're going to be praying for you because I want you to catch it. I want you to catch it. Because if we can look to the future with anticipation and put in the work that's necessary, God will exceed our expectations for this upcoming year. Amen? So let's close in prayer today. Pray over the future of this church. Let's pray over your future this year too because it's not just about what's happening corporately with a church. We're made up of individuals. It's not all about big numbers because big numbers are made up of one individual at a time. And I believe that this year can be a year where not just the church takes new ground but where you personally can take new ground in your life, in your family, and in your walk with God.